the Wayne Ayers Podcast. The Wayne Ayers Podcast. Woohoo! Time to wake your ass up for a blessed day. What's up, everybody? We got a very, very special guest on this podcast episode. We got a dance hall pioneer, one of the greats of greats. Sean Paul is coming through. Sean Paul is coming through. Oh, my goodness. It's about to be fun. I'm telling you. Hey. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? How you doing? Good, bro. Um, I'm sitting up. How are you, man? Pretty good. Can't complain, man. Get to talk to one of the legends. Ah, <laughs> uh, big up, man. I can't. I can't big complain. <laughs> Blessing, see you, man. All right. Um. Let me just put this camera up right here. You in the studio? Yeah, my own studio. Okay, do You making music right now? Yeah, man. Okay. okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> how how did that work? Did it be like you wake up every morning and just make music? Yeah. No, that's nice. Yeah, bro. I need to get a home studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is convenient at two o'clock in the night, but sometimes you don't get no rest. You see? Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I feel it. Yes, bro. Um, well, thank you so much for even doing this. I appreciate you. You know, you're one of my favorites just ever. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> um, that one. Yeah. All right. How's everything been? Been good. Um, this year been uh one of these years where I'm doing a lot of collabs and also some of my own production. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of stuff in the reggaeton world. Um, starting to do a couple of things in the Afrobeat world more. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah I know you just did a song with um, Manuel. How how did that yeah. even come about? Well, last Christmas, I went to Miami and I was just like, I want to do some more of these Latin collabs that I've been doing, but produce, you know, co-produce myself. So a lot of people came to the studio with me. Um, Fade was one of them. Fade was earlier this year, was number one on the Billboard playlists. Um, earlier in the summer, I did work with Farina as well. Um, I did also work with, with Big Bad Carol G., um Danny Ocean so that's all the reggaeton side and the, the manual song is the latest installment it's really going on well it's called them time there so we named it after you know uh, f with Jamaican Patwa because they were trying to find a name and I was like them time there was like oh that's catchy what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> um and basically you know the song is a nostalgic song it's about you know romance and them type of vibe they you know suave for the girl them so I was like, yo, it's just about um, them time that back in the day with me and her or back in the day with my career, that kind of vibe. So we reflected that in the video as well. Big bad vibes, big bad artists, big up to Manuel. No, yeah, I love the video as well. I love the woman singing and everything. I thought that was pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, respect. 
Um, you also did another uh, collab with um, Buster Rhymes lately, um, and T yeah. uh, Bank. But how did how does that even come about? I would never think I would hear those two on a sound a track together. And it was yeah, well, you know, um, to me, the track itself sounded like uh, you know, uh, like half, you know, of the root of dancehall, which is like the old school dancehall, and half new to me. So a lot of tracks that I make is is in that respect because I always like to tie the root to what's going on now. And um, for me, when I did Summer Hot, it's about the ladies with the the ever hot body. You know, what I mean, when when ladies say, "I got my summer body ready," it's like, yeah, well, um, this one is just our next installment into that kind of vibe. So I was like, Buster Rhymes a few years before me in the business. I controlled a lot in the two thousands. And Skilly Bang is now making his name for himself. So I was like, you know what? I think I need all of them three there to um these these three to bring off how this rhythm sounds. So, you know, big up to everybody else on the rhythm, like Bunty Killer, Busy Signal, Charlie Blacks, um, Ching Ching, Ching, you know, the whole Dutty Rock camp. Um, so in Jamaica we produce, you know, jugglings where it's like there's other people on the same track. And so um, yeah, it was a, a good project for me this year good vibes yeah how do you feel about the current state of dance hall right now i feel like it's like it's it's going it's about to have like a legend like yeah. yeah i just feel like because the legends are i feel like the legends are still here they're still doing their thing and then you got the young cast coming up and then like now yeah, we're yeah. trying to see the legends and the young cast like working together so i feel like it can only go up like, you know what i'm saying yeah for me you know i mean dance hall doesn't go nowhere in terms of it, it it's it lives in our hearts and so when it's probably not as popular as people thought from or experienced from years before for us it's just you know this is the latest installment we this, this is our music um and we 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 revere it in that respect so we don't have a season for it like a lot of people in the states think oh it's the summer music and i'm like bro it's all-time music you know <laughs> what i mean so um uh for me yeah i've been loving the progress in the business i've been loving um, how the genre has inspired inspired other artists from other genres to make stuff that's similar. I've been loving how the producers are really coming up and um becoming um more business minded. Um, you know, there, there's just a lot more players in the game, key players in the game who are making things happen right now. So big up to all the young guns that's doing it and all the veterans. Um, for me, but um. Dancehall has no nowhere to go but up. You know, we start from the root, and when you start from the root, you know, there's nowhere else to go but up. <laughs> sure. Um, you also have a production company, uh, Duty Rock Productions. How did that? What were like some of your goals when you created the production company? Um, Duty Rock was named after my, my one of my well, my, my most successful album, and so, uh, you know, I I I named it that just for familiarity. And um, I've been working for quite some years doing production in the business quietly, like, uh, you know, producing songs for other people, like uh, Chi Ching Ching. I produced his album in, I think it was 2017 or 18. Um, uh, we're presently doing some other projects for other people like Charlie Blacks and Busy Signal. So, you know, we've been, we've been doing it um, for quite some time, even before that. I was producing, produced on my first, on my second album. Um, sorry, my first album, yeah. Produced on my first album. Um, and, and and ever since, I've been putting out little installments here and there. 2010, I did two rhythms. Um, 2015, I did another rhythm. 
And so, uh, you know, we, we just picked up the steam in 2017 to try and help to impact the business. You know, that's how made me a huge global superstar and somebody that people look up to, especially my genre. And so I thought to help to, you know, partake in the history of the business and kind of steer it in a direction that I know that my elders taught me. You know what I mean? So um, that's it. I mean, I, I love producing and I also love being an artist, so I'm balancing those two acts right now. That's it. How is it like working with your brother? I know he's involved too. Yeah, my brother is a genius, you know what I mean? He, he's uh, he's the one that keeps me really grounded. So big up Jig Zagula. He's someone who, you know, we, we shared the same room for a long time. Matter of fact, when the song Give Me The Light broke, we came off tour and I had my girl and he had his girl and we was in the same room and we was looking at each other like, this can't continue, bro. <laughs> we gotta, <laughs> we gotta do something different right now. So, um, you know, even though I was a, a big star at the time, I was still living in a house where it was my mom's house and my brother was there, and he always had an opinion for my demo tapes before anybody knew me. Um, and and he always put some great input in. He's also a DJ for a sound system out here, and um. You know, Kappa Shot Sound System, who stills, but uh, they still back me up till today on stage. So, that's an integral part of um my career. He's helped me write songs like "Breathe" with Blue Cantrell and um "Get Busy." You know, that went to number one. So, oh, he helped you write "Get Busy." Yeah, he's very. Oh, uh, the okay. Hook. He, he helped me write the hook. So, a very instrumental part of Sean Paul's career. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, he he doing his thing. Hey, man. <laughs> Uh, can you tell us more uh, about your like your foundation? Kind of, that's like a big thing for you right now. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I grew up in a country where, you know, there's a lot of people that need help. Um, and you can either turn a blind eye to it and live in a bubble. You know, uptown, I like to say tell people it's like a bubble. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, you live in a dangerous country," and I'm like, "I live in the bubble part." You know, what I mean, it's like we 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 don't get much affected by what's going on, which is, which is to me wrong. I think, I think we should all be affected. And so uh, for me being a successful person, again, uh, I just want to give back to the community, you know? So especially during the pandemic, we did stuff before that. I've helped hospitals. I've, um, you know, done many different charity events for, for just, you know, people that I know and things that, that, that needed to be done. But during the pandemic is when I stepped up to start to help um, kids with, um, you know, the school problem that we were having in terms of not being able to attend school. So we bought quite a few tablets, quite a number of tablets for kids that they could attend school online. Um, nice, nice. Uh, and we made sure that the kids um, were responsible that the household that they were in was able to help them take care of the tablet at first. You know, so we picked out the kids that would benefit the most from it. Um, also we gave to a lot of people who were, uh, in need at the time, you know, a lot of people live hand to mouth in Jamaica. And so in terms of paycheck to paycheck. And so when the pandemic happened and we couldn't come outside, we couldn't do nothing. It really uh, affected my psyche to, to know that there was sometimes, you know, there's a household that's not bigger than this studio with seven people living in there. And, um, you know, uh, when 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 everything's okay and work is on, everybody's at school and at work. They just come there to sleep, but 
when the pandemic is on and they have to stay in there, seven people in the hot summer, I, I, I really took, um, you know, a, a great deal of, of empathy happened in my heart because of those things. So the foundation is there to, um, to help out in situations like what happened in the pandemic. Um, you know, and we're always looking to help. Um, there, there's a school called Alpha Boys School who actually started a, a band back in the 60s and started ska music. And so it's a very historical school that teaches kids music um, as a, as the a foundation of what they teach. And so um, I, I'm kind of involved in helping them out uh, just in day-to-day -day stuff. So, yeah. No, nice. Would you ever like want to build like a hospital or like have your own school? Yo, you know what? I bought three kidney uh, or four kidney machines, and it, it costs an arm and a leg, bro. So a whole, a whole, a whole hospital. I, I don't know. I don't know about you know. What I mean, that's that's a lot, and so it it really opened my eyes as to how much it takes to to do, you know, what what they do, and so uh, I understand uh, when a third world country whose government struggles. With 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 just fixing the roads, how that must be to to actually put um and put a good hospital in a place that people will need it. As it stands, we have a community that's right near to Kingston. It's called Portmore. It's basically a city in its own. There's a million people over there. They do not have uh, um a hospital. So to reach all the way to Kingston, which is probably a forty five minute drive or probably an hour doing heavy traffic is um is nuts you know um so so yeah I, I would definitely look into trying to help out more but me myself cannot do a whole hospital i'm telling you that from the four <laughs> dialysis machines that i bought um and donated so um yeah it, it's just something that we're gonna have to keep on trying there's a lot of hospitals that are in dire need right now in jamaica so uh yeah i mean my own father was in hospital 2018 he passed away and um, he was in the best hospital, uh, and it was deplorable conditions. It was it was awful. So, you know, I definitely look to 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 try help out as much as I can. You also um, recently just had a, a Latin Billboard nomination. Like, how did that? Like, how did that feel like when you found out the news about that? <laughs> that is awesome because you know, in Spanish in school, my teacher's like, "You're gonna need this," story. and I was like, mm, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> And, and I, I would sit there and I'd be like, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't get great grades is, is the point. And um, I was like, I'm never going to. When am I ever? I'm, ne I'm never going to need it. And that was very short sighted of me. And, um, you know, so for me to be included in, 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 in a, a prestigious awards like that, you know, it's a powerful music right now. Um, yeah, they, 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 uh, they, they are very reminiscent of what dancehall does in terms of how it sounds. And while I, I would say, you know, we, we help to spawn that genre, they're very important right now in the game of music. And to be um to be included still after all these years in, in something that's, you know, popping and trending and, and, and important is an awesome feeling. So big up to all my Latin fans and everybody who checks me out. You know, I mean I, I try to make the pronunciations good. And I know that my teacher's probably laughing at me right now, like, yeah, boy, I told you. But you know what I mean? It, it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs>
I know you're like very genre bending. Like I feel like you could just hop on any genre and just do your thing. Um, is there like yeah. a genre that you haven't done yet that you want to do? Cause I could see you do like some Punjab like music. Yo, you know they uh, they've mixed dancehall with that back in the day as well in the early nineties, and and it sounded fresh, you know. So, um, there have been some people in the in the Bollywood sector that came around and and asked me, um, what's up? You know, I haven't been able to do that yet, but. Yeah, for me, it's about the song, you know, no matter the stature of the artist. It could be Beyonce, it could be Sasha. I mean, Sasha is a beautiful person, a great artist herself, but she wasn't as known as Beyonce is what I'm trying to say. And so it's not about the person for me. It's about the song. It's about actually what that song is saying, how it makes me feel. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 I'm, you know, country and Western, I'm open to, um, I, you know, there's a music called Soca Music from Trinidad, which I, as a kid, I didn't love it too much because my aunts, I had five aunts and they would always come around and ah, when it played. And I was always like, I don't love this music so much. You know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't as street sounding as dancehall was or hardcore as dancehall was. But nowadays, my wife is a carnival queen. She goes every year to Trinidad and I've gotten a lot more appreciation for it. And, I, I, you know, a, a lot of respect I have for the artists there. Uh big up to Masha Montana and everybody who's in that that um yeah, realm. You know, I did Roberts. a song with him a couple of years ago. Yeah, and um I, I would I would definitely love to do more work with some someone from Trinidad who's popping right now. Okay, though, no, I like it. I can see you and Patrice Roberts yeah. doing a song. Yeah, hey, yeah, Shabbat. Shabbat, Shabbat, Shabbat. Yeah, I would love to see that. Um Come on. I know your hit with um, Dua Lipa, uh, No Lie, just reached a billion streams. Uh, how does it feel to still be doing like crazy numbers these days? Like that's crazy, like a billion streams. Yeah, it's an awesome feeling. But but also what was what's dope to me is that you know I kind of I kind of was ahead of the curve with her. Um, you know when I met her, she only had seventy five thousand people on Instagram, and now I can't count how much views she got. It's <laughs> the amount of number that that that's following her. Um. So that made me feel proud, like my ears are to the ground. I'm always trying to find someone who's, you know, who's breaking right now. And so that was an important thing to me. Sorry, that was an important thing to me uh, when we did the song. And then it, it had, a, it had, I would say, mild success during that year, 2017, 2018, especially in UK, it popped off for sure. But it didn't become that international song that it is today until a few years, a year and a half after, which is awesome and amazing to me. It proves um, that uh, music nowadays still does have longevity, especially dancehall, because a lot of what we produce nowadays is considered, especially by the, the great dancehall producers and artists, is considered, uh, <clears throat> what can I say, um, disposable. You know, it lasts a couple of months and then we're on to the next. And so for a song like this to really show it has quality and, and last the test of time, I'm giving thanks for it, man. Big up to Dua Lipa. She's sexy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, I always say, like, if I had a record label and I had, like, young artists, I'd probably be like, yo, you got to get a, a Sean, uh, Sean Paul. Ah. <laughs> no, because, like, you really be there, like, before everybody, like, Rihanna, Break It Off, what was that, 2006? You mm -hmm. have, you were with Beyonce, like, early in her solo career. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, like you know, so, it's always uh Sia. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Multiple it, artists it, like that. I'll always be like, hey, you gotta just get with a Sean Paul Club and 
I appreciate that one. Somebody promote this guy right now. Give him, <laughs> give him the top job. <laughs> Whoa. See that? See that. Yeah. Also, I always want to know, like, do you ever feel underrated? Cause like in my life, I don't remember a year that we didn't have like a massive like Sean Paul song out, even if it's like a feature from your just a song, your song personally. Do you ever feel underrated? Cause I feel like I don't appreciate know. that, man. Um, I don't feel underrated. I feel, you know, I feel great. <laughs> That's it. I just feel great. I feel to do greatness. So, I mean, I mean, whatever anybody, you know, it, people's attention span is very fickle right now. Um, you know, there's so much things coming at us. So I, I, I'm not really watching. And again, when I go back to looking at songs like Dua Lipa, um, songs with Dua Lipa, no lie. Um, it's a testament to, you know, quality is going to shine out. It's going to make its way to the top. The oil's going to rise, you know. Um, so I just feel to be great and not watch like being underrated or not being, you know, hailed as this or that right now. I, I think I'm a man. I'm not a man of the moment, but I'm a monument man. Um, I've proved that time and time again to myself. So, yeah, I, I don't really watch what if people don't revere me right now. They're going to soon. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. Oh, I know. I know. I just spoke. Uh, spoke on Rihanna. Why was there ever the uh, "Break It Off" music video? I had to ask. And we was talking about to do it. You know, um, I had her on the phone, be like, "Yo, she this song is number nine on the playlist on Billboard charts right now. Let's go." She's like, "Oh, wow!" And she, um, she was talking to a label, and I was like, "I'm gonna shoot the video. Let's do it together. Let's do it, uh, you know, without them." And it, literally a few weeks later, Umbrella came out. And oh. she just went, <laughs> and I was like, we had to come back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was it. It was it. it, was no, it. Yeah, it, it I, like, I was like, that's yeah. a song that you guys had to have a music video, like, when it dropped. You know what yeah, I, I, I was looking for it, man. I was about to do that. And I think maybe it might have been a little hesitation on my part, because usually labels did that stuff for me at the time. And I was like, yeah, she was like, let's do it ourselves. And I was like, yeah, for real. And I was about to do that. Um, so from that situation, I learned, you know what I mean? When you really feel it, press the gas, man, you go, you know. Because um, when Umbrella came out, it blew everything else out of the water. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was a hit song for her. And and every all of, all of the focus on her career by her team on anything else stopped at that time. So it was just... Uh, I, Bad timing, in, in in my opinion, but um, yeah, dope piece of collab, and and one of my favorites that that I ever did because, um, back in those days, it wasn't that a lot of people would come to Jamaica to work, and so when she did, I was really appreciative of that. You know what I mean? Nice, that's nice. A lot of times I had to do it on the internet, or I had to go to New York or Miami and do work with people there. Um, but she came, and and she was a she was a very um, I wouldn't say she was huge at the time, but she was a, a artist that was, you know, her name was being called. She was a budding artist. No, oh, yeah, I know. Speaking of that, did you ever know that? Hey, she's probably gonna be as big as she is now. Uh, you know, I never know who's gonna be huge. Like, you know, I've worked with many different people. Sasha, uh, you know, um, uh, thing there. Uh, I did a song with uh a young girl, um, Jordan. Patrice Jordan, right? That's her name? Yeah. Sure. sure. Yeah. Sometimes I forget. But yo, you know, sometimes it's like you don't, you don't, you don't know what's gonna happen with it. You just believe in it. And um with her, 
I did. I definitely did see greatness, but for her to be the richest woman on earth beside Oprah right now is like, what? Little Riri? Like, I'm, I'm very proud of her. Mm-hmm. She's she's dope and awesome and represents the Caribbean um, amazingly. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, it's awesome. Um, you have like a, you have an incredible career. You, can, you already know that, but like, how do you stay focused and like motivated? Like, because you got all these hits. Like, how do you still motivate? But hey, I I gotta get like another one, or like, hey, I, lo- I love this song. Let me just jump on it. Like, how do you stay motivated? <laughs> from the first, from the first time I had a first song play on the radio, the first reaction I had was, ah, oh, yeah, yo, yo, and then two minutes after that, the next reaction I had was like, how the, how am I gonna keep this up? Like, like I worried about it. I was like, yo, I got to get another song that people's going to react to like this because, um, you know, I love that feeling so much. And I, and, and also it was about self-expression and, and me wanting to be not known as a one-hit wonder and all of that. So, I mean, I don't know. The fire keeps blazing, man. I, I've not yet felt... There's times where I need a break, yeah. And there's times where I'm like, okay, for this month, I need to just chill. I need to stop. Because uh, you can't burn out. And I think that's been one of um, the methods I use. Or uh, People ask me what the secret is. Um, I, one of the methods I use is to lock off from the business sometimes, totally. Just to be like, yo, I need the break. And it, that rejuvenates me and, and gives me you know, a recharge on a battery and, and to get back in, in the game. Um, you know, younger artists inspire me. Younger producers inspire me too. When they remind me of like, yo, that reminds me of when, you know, this producer or that producer was coming up, you know, his whole camp. That's awesome. That's dope. Or uh, artists, myself, you know, that creative competition um, spawns, you know, uh, my like it, it, it fuels my fire. Um, so, yeah, I, I just remember that first feeling. I was like, yo, I got to do it. And so every now and then I do take my breaks, but but mostly. I'm itching to 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 write some new stuff. Like I'm promoting three or four different songs right now. You know, the song with Manuel, the song I just did with Buster and Skilly Ben called Summer Hot. And then last on Saturday, I just went on my live and did a brand new song, played a brand new song for everybody that I did last week in the studio. I just loved it that much. I want them to hear it. And um, you know, uh looking forward to dropping a new um song in the new year. So it's like I'm always on promotion. I'm always trying to get people to know um, some new work, and I'm 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 very very happy that people still love songs like Temperature and Get Busy and like Glue and Give Me the Light. But I also got um, you know new stuff that I'm that I'm ready to push at any point in time as well. Oh, speaking of those songs, like, I want to know, like, when you made those, did you know, like, hey, they were, like, I feel like some artists know they're going to go. Like, did you know those were going to go? Bro, every song I do, I feel, I'm like, yo, this, yo, this girl, yo. So, yeah, when they don't happen, it does get me a little disappointed. But again, then that fuels my fire. Um, But we give me the light, man. Honestly, I was hustling back in that time and. A Bretchen, who's a producer, called me and was like, yo, at, at that time, you would take an advance, a small advance, because, you know, we had bills to pay. And 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 mostly the songs didn't sell that much in order for you to receive royalties quick enough. So um, so you take an advance. 
And um, I was like, okay, I, I charge a thousand bucks. And he's like, I got $800, bro. And I was like, man, I see you later, bro. And and I didn't go. And then about a week later, something happened to my car tire. And I picked up by the phone and said, yo, bro, you still got that 800 bucks? I'm, I'm coming for it. <laughs> so I was just hustling. And I was driving to the studio. I knew the rhythm from before. And I was like, what am I going to sing on this? I said, just sing about what happened in the club last week in New York. Because every week I was on the road, like um, from Thursday to Sunday. So I'd be like Tuesday to 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 third Tuesday to to Friday. Then I'd be at home in Kingston, and then I take a flight up. I do a show Friday night, Saturday night, come back Sunday. So um, you know, I I just spoke about what I was doing in the club in New York, busting bottles of mo and looking at these beautiful ladies. You know what I mean? I know one of yeah. my favorite records from you is I'm still in love with you. And I feel like that's probably like your most like your song that gets covered the most. Like, what do you mm -hmm. feel about that when you see other artists covering that song? Oh, that's awesome because um for me that that was a testament to um just the power of, of reggae still. You know, when I was coming up, um when I was growing up, reggae was the the genre in Jamaica. And then dancehall came around and it's been the most powerful genre or part of our our um culture since and um you know in the middle of dancehall being the thing and i'm becoming the superstar i wanted to pay homage to what brought me there which was reggae and it was already a hit song in the 70s big up to alton ellis who wrote and produced it back then and i, I always loved it and so when when it was presented to me by my um I had an A&R at the time in, in VP Records, and he was like, yo, I think you should do this over. And I was like, you're dead on correct, bro. That's, that's a hit, and I think it's going to, you know, if if it doesn't break, it, it it's going to make um me proud to, to just have it on the album at least. And so for, for it to last that long and become a hit, it went to, you know, way down on the Billboard charts. Like, I can't, like, probably, it probably ended up at 12 on the Billboard charts, but for me, to see reggae music be played on MTV and BET and, and um, have it on all these charts. At the time that it was, it was it was an awesome feat that we pulled off. You know what I mean? Because we hadn't seen reggae music on the Billboard charts. Not reggae Billboard charts. I'm talking the Billboard, like, go to number 12. Since our group called Big Mountain did it with, ooh, baby, I love you, in the early 90s. And... That's reggae. Uh, it was more pop reggae, but but like you know, before that, you know, the Bob Marley and Bob Marley to me, when you say I'm underrated, I mean I'm I'm glad that Time magazine finally came up and did what they did and made people turn around, a whole generation turn around and look at his work. Because he he was making Commodores fans like leave leave from Lionel Richie's like he was beating them at their own concert, you know what I mean? And that to me was a phenomenal thing to accomplish. And I think that whole um, uh, genre uh, uh, or reggae music from that era not being represented on, you know, mainstream radio in America or mainstream billboard charts throughout the years is a travesty. And so for, for me, for a song like, like I'm Still In Love to be um, we, we reach where it reached and still be regarded and revered 
by a lot of people as a hit song is a is a is you know is a dream come true. It's an awesome thing. Okay. Do you have like a, a dance hall of like Mount Rushmore, like your four favorite dance hall artists of all time? <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. So I do I do got um my my own top four, which is for sure super cat. Now every time I beat on a sci-fi school beat the, the school desk and I, and I open my mouth to spit two lyrics, people was like, oh, you sound like Supercat. And so he's the first one in the business for me. And to me, that was a compliment. Someone who was a rude boy and, you, you know, you, you looked at him as a general, but also as the lady suave dude, you know what I mean? So big up to Supercat. He's the first one up there. Um, The next one is Shabba Ranks, yeah. someone with a, a voice that cannot be ignored someone who um you know broke the the charts at the time and put dance all you know in the international scene and got a grammy the first time that dance all got a grammy when you know early years of dance all in jamaica the elders were saying oh it's slackness music and it, it it's it's not good and it'll never reach anywhere and when shabba did what he did everybody all the younger generation was like yeah you know what i mean so so yeah shabba is up there um, another artist that's up there for me is Papa San. Now, Papa San is known now as a Christian artist, you know, uh, but but back in the day, the most potent MC to me. Um, he was in the Guinness World Book Records of um, the Guinness Book of World Records as the person with the most lyrics in a song and the fastest kind of spitter. So, uh, um you know, he had fast lyrics, slow lyrics. He had songs that lasted for five minutes without hooks. He had songs that were just very easy to remember, that were funny. He had serious, more contemplative lyrics. To me, he was an all-around DJ, so big up to Papa Son. And my last one is um is is Major Laser. Not sorry, not Major Laser, my bad. Major Major Worries is his name. Um Major Worries is an MC or, or a DJ from Jamaica who passed away, RIP to him. And most of his stuff is on YouTube and you will find him, you know, just live footage of him actually spitting in a dance, really. Um, he's amazing, bro. Um, he was ahead of his time. And so for me, those four is my Rushmore. Those those four is who I base my my whole style off of when I, when I do create lyrics. Um, Yes, Bunty Killer and Beanie Man is in there as well. Um, but the main four, I would say, is those who I mentioned at first. Okay, I love it. I love it. You can't argue with those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, my last question for you today. I know, do you have like any, um, do you have like an album coming out soon? I know the last one dropped in 2022. Like, what, could we start yeah. 2024? Yeah, I, I, I really want to do that. I mean, I think that nowadays it's kind of hard being an artist who has, you know, done, uh, been in the business so long to drop albums right now. Honestly, it is. I mean, for for most people, uh, the attention span again. You know, there's so much different things to take attention spans away. But I do have a big fan base, and I they do want albums from me. So I'm looking forward to pushing putting that out. Haven't named it yet. I'm working on material for it. Um, again, usually some of the stuff that you hear now will appear on the album. Um, but there'll be brand new tracks on there as well. Okay. Do you have like anybody that you could like have on there? Like somebody that you want on there? That you... Yeah. Um, not not right now. The list, you know, I, I'm looking at, at Coily Ray. I'm looking at um 
I'm looking to see if I can work with 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 uh maybe Chloe Bailey. You know what I mean? I, I I'm just kind of throwing names out here right now because I haven't fully, you know, checked that out. Actually this week, um uh Tyler is coming here, you know, um oh, to Jamaica. Dope. So I, I'm I'm getting to meet her and, and, and go to work in the studio with her to do some some stuff and, and I'm looking forward to that, man. I'm I've really been feeling her song even before she had the song. Uh, that that hit song water. I was following her on Instagram, and so um, I was looking forward to meeting her and work. You know, what I mean, we we'll see what comes out of it. Oh yeah, yeah. One person I feel like that would be dope. A collab like that's a younger artist with you would be um Ira Star. I feel like you two would be yo, like... yo. She bad, she bad, she bad, she bad. I I follow her. I've DM'd her. <laughs> so I feel um, like I feel like you yeah. two unite. I'd be like yo. I feel like that's. Oh, I appreciate that, man. I love one of the first time I heard um. Vibe Killer, I think, is the name of the song. To me, the way she was spitting, it was more like a dancehall artist, but you could hear her African yeah. essence. And and I, it, it was such a blend of the both worlds for me. And I loved it. And so, yeah, I've DM'd her, and she's like, thank you. And I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm ready to work whenever. So when mm -hmm. she's ready, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on it.